want a bit of the quiet life. I want a bit of shelf indulgence. If there is reading, give me all of it. Join the show on the Microbrew Radio. Listen to Jim, Wendy, and Emily. Join in the conversation. I want to hear it. I want to read it. I want a bit of Shelf Indulgence. Uh, good evening, everybody, uh, and welcome to Shelf Indulgence, the Micro Radio book review show. I'm Wendy Garkars, and I'm joined this evening by my co-host, Jim, uh, and we are going to be uh, talking all things Colleen Hoover. Um, so, Jim... Um, before we start, we normally visit Poets Corner. Uh, it's my turn this week. So I thought I would um, share with you one of my favourites. Um, and it's a poem by a very famous poet, John Betjamin, um, called The Arrest of Oscar Wilde at the Cadogan Hotel. Ooh. He sipped at a weak hock and seltzer as he, gla- as he gazed at the London skies. Though the Nottingham lace of the curtains, or was it his bees-winged eyes? To the right and before him Pont Street did tower in her new-built red, as hard as the morning gaslight that shone on his unmade bed. I want some more hock in my seltzer, and Robbie, please give me your hand. Is this the end or the beginning? How can I understand? So you've bought me the latest yellow book, and Buchan has got it in now. Approval of what he's approved of is as false as a well-kept vow. More hock robbery, where is the seltzer? Dear boy, pull again at the bell. They are all little better than cretins, though this is the Cadogan Hotel. One Astrakhan coat is at Willis's, another one's at the Savoy. Do fetch me my Morocco portmanteau and bring them on later, dear boy. A thump and a murmur of voices. Oh, why must they make such a din? As the door of the bedroom swung open and two plainclothes policemen came in. Mr Wilde, we have come for to take you where felons and criminals dwell. We must ask you to leave with us quietly for this is the Cadogan Hotel. He rose and he put down the yellow book. He staggered and terrible-eyed. He brushed past the plants on the staircase and was helped to a hansom outside. Um, mm. I just love that. It's so evocative. Yeah, um, I was, that's exactly what I was thinking of. It just, it's, I, I do like John Betjamin generally, um, but for me, that's, uh, that's one of my favourites of his. Uh, and of course, based on the, the true story of, of Oscar Wilde's arrest. For being homosexual back in the day when it was yeah. um, illegal. So yeah. yes, I thought I'd present that to you tonight. No, I enjoyed that, and I mean, I I'm a big fan of Oscar Wilde. Um, and when I was at university, I was actually um, I designed the lighting for a production of Gross Indecency: The Four Trials of Oscar Wilde. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, do you know? For an accomplished author, playwright, raconteur, wit, whatever labels you wish to, uh, you know, rightfully give to the man, you know, he's also a wonderfully interesting character in his own right. 
and his own story is well worth the investigation. Yes, definitely. I, I would love to imagine how wild would meet our world today and the world we enjoy mm, mm. with the liberties that we now take for granted, perhaps. Well, not well, I say take for granted. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because, you know, looking at the, the news at the moment and all the different kind of hate crimes that go on still and everything, however, compared to how it was... We've come an awful long way. Oh yeah, hugely. And sometimes, you know, it's it's um it's sad that we don't we don't acknowledge that because I know for some people change doesn't come quickly enough. I do get that. Um, but it's terribly easy to forget where we've come from. In in yeah. all aspects of, you know, society. And there's, there's, still, there's still a much there's still a long way to go. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um but yeah, I was, reading, I, also, I was reading a report the other day, Jim, that says that it's going to be another sixty years before women get pay equity with men. Now, you know, you it? you think about how long that debate's been going on. Yeah. You know, it is crazy. We do live in a imperfect world, but we are moving in the right direction. What we've got to be careful of is not to lose the most precious thing we have, which is tolerance. We need to be tolerant of different people's ideas and different people's views and because it's down the road of, of that sort of hatred and that cancel culture really worries me. Um, yeah. but, you know, that's it. We'll, we'll just become more polarised and it's um, a bit It's a very though. fine line to tread. And, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's that difference between equality and feminism or equality and racism. You know, anything that isn't equality promotes one thing over another. Mm. And I don't, you know, in a world where maybe women have been massively disadvantaged, without a doubt, feminism was needed in order to to push women's causes, without a doubt. However, there does come a point where feminism then goes further than equality. Yeah, yeah, it tips the balance, doesn't it? Mm. And I think what you're saying is exactly right. You know, there is that fine line to tread where that equality exists and where that's the happy place where we should be. Anyway, before we get into a much deeper <laughs> ethical debate, because uh, it could easily be done, let's, uh, let's just stray away from Poetry Corner and uh, in the direction of Killeen Hoover. It ends with us. Well, this one ended with me, Jim. Yeah, well, it, 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 it starts with us is the one we've both read, isn't it? No, it ends with us. You've read, right, okay. So I've read It Starts With Us, which All is right. the, well, So the you've sequel. read the sequel first. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting because we've obviously done that by mistake. Uh, one of us has picked up one, one of us has picked up the other. But in a way, I think that actually has a... It has a, a, a different impact. What did you... I mean, you say it ended with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I will quite happily come straight out and say I'm not a natural fan of Colleen's writing style. Nor me. But I'll so, go further, Jim, in that this is the only book that I, since we've been doing this show, which is... You know, probably coming up for a couple of years now, shortly. Um, it's the only book I've never read to the end, and I have no intention of finishing. 
because I just couldn't. Mm, did you finish? Um, oh, my head's got empty. Confederacy of Dunces. Yeah. Yes, I blooming did. Oh, okay. In and that case, I apologise. It all starts in resolution. Yeah, that's that's time I'll never get back. But I decided I just couldn't do it with this one. I just really, it takes a lot to tick me off. And I was ticked. Well, you know, Jim, I was ticked off by Confederacy of Dunces. Yes. But this was just, it was just, I have to say, I think it's probably the worst book I've read in years. How far did you get, Wendy? I got about 55% through, so just over halfway. You've given it a very good stick. What I would say is more of a good wallop of the stick in terms of when I'm reading for pleasure, how far I'll go before I go the same for me. And and you've got much further than I did because I reckon I managed about 20% before I went. Nah. Yeah, it, it was really, it was hard going. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't get over, uh, uh, to, well, I couldn't get over the storyline and I couldn't get over how poorly it's written. I mean, for me, it was formulaic. It was loaded with negative stereotyping. Um, and it really trivialized for me really serious topics. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't get sort of get beyond that. The the characters I thought were very shallow. I thought they were unlikable. Um, it was clear that she was writing for them these really strong emotions, which they just were too immature to deal with properly. And so they they got themselves time and time and time again into situations, and it was what it is like watching the same car crash over and over again in slow motion. You you couldn't take your eyes off it, but you couldn't stop it either. It was, it, I just really, I really struggled with that. And and then I just got the feeling that she was, she was throwing these really serious issues in almost for effect, you know, deals with homelessness. She deals with sexual assault. She deals with, domestic abuse she deals with manipulation and gaslighting i mean it, it was it was just relentless and yet nothing was fully explored nothing was fully explained i just thought it was it was very immaturely written poorly constructed and i thought it was trite i, I really did yeah i i found the writing to be very immature yeah. In the sense of, and I, I want to qualify that statement in that, for me, when I read stories that are written by an immature mind, and I'm choosing my language carefully here because I don't want to offend the woman, um, but when I'm reading a story that's read, that's written in that way, um, or even a story that's written for a very young audience. It deals with incident, 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 incident. It's a, it's a succession of events rather than a well thought out or plotted or crafted narrative. 
I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's very staccato in its delivery, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and when you when you know, I, I've I've read an awful lot of stories written by an awful lot of developing minds as a school teacher. And you see in younger children, this happens, then this happens, and that happens. And the thought of how one gets from one to the other or how one impacts on the other doesn't really feature. Mm. Whereas someone who is starting to really think about their story writing and how they craft a story, you can see they're, they're leaving tidbits they're leaving questions unanswered in order for the mind to start wondering and puzzling whereas here we've just presented with a series of facts yeah this happened and this happened and this happened and we're not being and it is and one of the things actually um that i would criticize colleen's writing for is it's too fast-paced Mm. I'll get, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, there isn't I know what you mean. anything that gives me time to think, time to imagine, time to ponder, time to, it's, it's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's like as, as a child, I can remember what, watching children's TV and think, oh, it's amazing. I think back of kids' TV that I watched as a kid go, oh, it's amazing. That was a fantastic cartoon. I used to love it. And I've watched it back as an adult and gone, wow, how how did it get from natural disaster, planet destruction to saving the world in three and a half minutes? Yeah. Um, and in a similar way, this is that fast paced that I'm like, well, where was the development? Where was the now I've got I've got some thoughts and ideas that I'll bring up later in the show tonight as to why and how the book is the way it is. Mm. But certainly for me, I mean, I read it starts with us rather than it ends with us. So my book picks up the story where yours finished. Yeah. And that is that, well, not quite where yours finished because yours finished at 55%. But um, this, this young lady is now out of this abusive relationship. Mm. Um, and, She's co-parenting her daughter with this ex-husband and she's starting a relationship with a new person, a person who is a character in the first book but isn't one of the main characters. And it, again, for me, lacked the depth, the gravitas the consequence of the themes of the issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, the meat was on the bones, but there was no juice or gravy. Yeah, well, I know what you mean, Jim. It felt to me as though she was writing about things that she knew about, but she'd never experienced or couldn't appreciate. You know, in the same way that, that youngsters talk about you know, when when they're seven or eight, talk about, you know, they're in love with their boyfriend or girlfriend at school. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when you get to be 16 and 17 and, you, you you know, perhaps that's when you fall in love for the first time. 
and you realise the difference, it felt like that. It felt like a really, really immature description of these really, really serious situations and serious emotions. Um, and and they were really, the characters were at a loss for how to deal with them. And it, it just left, it was deeply unsatisfying for me. And I did think it felt like a debut novel. It isn't a debut novel, but it felt like no. And I suppose, but in it, mm, and and that that again will lead me into part of my discussion later. But is it her debut novel in this genre? Because something that I'm not I'm not answering yes or no. I'm, I'm leaving that more as a rhetorical, because you know how specifically a genre. Something that I have I've learned about Colleen in my reading about her is that in her prolific amount of writing that she's done, she's also written a prolific different type of books. Mm-hmm. Um, some psychological, more, some more romantic, some in this way, some in that way. And maybe they're all subgenres, maybe there's a genre change. But there's lots and lots of different subsets of styles that she's attacked and tried and approached. Um, now, if you are writing in a genre and that is your, you know, you could argue that Agatha Christie's earliest books aren't as good as her latest books mm. because she's crafted an art. But then Agatha Christie stuck to her her recipe, her formula, stuck to her style throughout. Mm. Whereas And if you think about it, Jim, it's an it's unusual to find authors that write cross genre or multiple genre. That they are out there. There are authors that do that and who do it very successfully. But it, it's not the norm. Normally, no, author will. If they do, they might like have two different genres that they tend to work in. Yes, yeah, not half a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. And I and I wonder if that is, you know, does she need to stick to one style for a bit to develop in that style? I mean, it's possible, isn't it? The the difficulty is that she's got um and, and the I mean these are our opinions. There's no two eyes about it that if you look at her books and you look at the reviews that she gets, you know, there is a phenomenal body of, of readers that absolutely love her stuff and would give it um you know would give her five stars every time. Um yeah. so, it, so it, this it, is it, about personal choice. But for me, anybody that is gonna name a character Lily Blossom Bloom who is a florist, needs their bumps red. They just do. It's well, that. Yeah. It just. Nominal determination does exist. It just, just, I just couldn't, oh, yeah, I couldn't get over that. And the woman's got an obsession with Helen DeGeneres because she plays a really, sign- almost, almost a major character in the, in the book, um, in uh, It Ends With Us. And I just, well, I just couldn't, couldn't be doing with it. 
I can't understand how anybody, serious reader, could write this book of five. I just, I couldn't get my head around that at all. No, it definitely appeals to its audience. And we, without doubt, are not its audience. I'd agree with that. Absolutely. And... And at this point, I mean, I'm going to take a bit of a punt out of left field here, Wendy, and just say, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, how dare they? Yeah, absolutely. How absolute dare they? very dare they. Please get in touch. We want to talk to you. We, Wendy and I, and I'm completely abandoning the plot of the show at the moment to go on a bit of a, a sidetrack. But Wendy and I absolutely love what we do with Shelf Indulgence. We love books and we love talking to other people that love books, even if the book you love is not our cup of tea at all. Absolutely. Um, and if you are sitting enraged at our opinions, fantastic, <laughs> amazing, please get in touch. We need you. What we would like to build and not some, not, not, uh, people who are going to be on the show every week like Wendy and I but we desperately want people that when we're reading a book like it starts with us who will champion it and argue against us because that's what makes a good balanced program it is absolutely we want, we want to learn what makes it ends with us that Wendy's read a number one Sunday Times bestseller that we both probably would choose to use as firelighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that would be a great use of it. Right. At that juncture, I think maybe shall we swap to another segment, Wendy? Yes, that sounds like a good idea. So what's Granny been reading then? Well, Granny's been to Italy, like I said last week. She's she 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 popped off to Italy on her little travels to go and visit some friends. So whilst travelling, she only managed to read three books. Right. She took a kid with her, which had loaded up for her. Now, you'll be very glad about the first that she's read. You'll like this. She's read A Death in Winter by our favourite Jim McGrath. Oh, wow. And what did she think of it? Uh, well, she, she read the first one ages ago and she loved it. Uh, and, yeah, she, she just, you know... She's a Jim McGrath fan along with us. And Clarky and Colin, she thinks, are excellent. So, yeah, Death in Winter. Um, but then she also read Am I Guilty by Jackie Cabler and The Night Whispers by Caroline Mitchell. Uh, and generally, I mean, the way that things work when Gran's reading off the Kindle is because Gran uh, isn't always au fait on the uh, technological front. Yeah. She'll say, she'll hand me the Kindle and go, I've read all these, fill it up. And, and I, I, I go away and take all the books that she's read off it and put a load of new books on. And I know Gran loves a good psychological thriller or a crime drama and things like that. So um, I'm guilty of perhaps just loading it up with things like that rather than pushing her into different boundaries. But no, she thoroughly enjoyed the three of those and uh, she's she's back now and I think she's going to read another one on the Kindle next. I'm not sure. 
but uh, she'll be well. The, the pile is never ending and growing in the house. She has said, given that uh, you, you, my opinion and your opinion of Colleen Hoover, she may not read it. Starts with us. Um, but yeah, I might, I might pass it to her and see how she gets on the first yeah, few she pages. Gets on, and, absolutely. See how she yeah, gets you know, on. I'm just having always... a quick look at the um, at the night whispers. Um, that looks absolutely fab. Um, that would definitely attract me, and I've not come across that before, so I might add that to my reading list, Jim. Are you are you a Kindler? I am a Kindler. And have you got Kindle Unlimited? I do. It's free Ooh, on Kindle. Yes, Kindle it's Kindle. free. So I will have a look at that definitely. Yeah, because Graham's got Kindle Unlimited, so when she when she's on a Kindle, I just fill it with free ones generally. Mm. Uh, sometimes she'll request something that isn't free, but generally I'll just fill it up with, uh, ideally I fill it up with box sets that are free on Kindle Limited because that way I don't have to keep refilling it quite as often. <laughs> no, that's great. I've just ordered that, Jim, so I'll I'll have a look at that. That looks yeah. really, really good. I will um, yeah. Yeah, look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're her kind of things. I think it would appeal to you as well. So that's what Granny's read this week. Excellent. So I've done some wider reading on Colleen Hoover. Right. And I've come up with a theory of why she's a number one Sunday Times bestseller. Yeah. And why her style has done well. Okay. Now, it would be fair to accept that the world is forever moving forward relentlessly whether we'd like it to or not mm. um and that different methods of advertisement are definitely more you know um much more beneficial to people today than you know there are there are new forms of advertisement available today that weren't available to authors 20 years ago um, and it would appear that one of the main ways Colleen Hoover has generated a lot of following and a lot of um, praise is on the platform TikTok. Yes, yes. Now, I'm not au fait fully with TikTok. I have, have been on it. And I have witnessed it, but it's not something that grips me for hours. I'm not a TikToker. Mm. And part of that, I think, is because it's all very short clips and it doesn't really, it doesn't inspire me or grab me or motivate me. Well, you know that I do, um, so in my other life, I'm a, a business yes. consultant and I work with, businesses to to help them think about you know marketing their business so i i do um i do work a lot with different social media platforms and the key thing about tiktok when she first hit the headlines on tiktok was that it was purely an entertainment um channel that was was geared to visual so people used to do videos and post videos on it, but the the average user age was thirteen to fourteen. 
Yeah. So that speaks, I mean, it has changed in recent years, but, you know, uh, her books go back to sort of 26, this one goes back to 2016. Um, that's a lifetime for TikTok in, yes. in terms of how it's uh, how it's developed. And so she was absolutely marketing that book um, to a niche audience, um, and that's how she gained that traction. Um, and, and I'll tell you what worries me about that, Jim is that it's flagged up if you read all of the all of the stuff about it it is flagged as a romance book and yeah. why i've got a problem with it is if you're targeting romance books at the average 13 to 15 year old which is was the average user of of the tiktok platform why would you describe romance as a quite a violent and manipulative domestic abuse relationship. It yes. Really, that really troubled me because you you should not mistake one for the other. They are totally different. And it worried me that if, if there are younger minds that are reading this stuff, are they going to misread the fact that love and romance in this setting means that somebody hurts you or gets gets the opportunity to hurt you and you just stay and put up with it you know there there for me it was i think it was that underlying current that worried me about this book yes and i would say that i don't think that is her intention at all however I do agree that it's possibly slightly disconcerting, certainly to myself as well, that it is um, the way it's marketed and the platform it's marketed on is so um, short-lived. Yeah, yeah. So brief. You know, in the length of a TikTok video, you're not giving a serious review of a book, are you? No, no, absolutely not. Um, and for me, I think the thing that made me think more about this in general was that it's, I think, as the world has moved forward and uh, adapted, then people from a younger generation, enjoy immediacy. Yeah. There was something a bit special about having to wait a week for the next episode when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know exactly what you mean. And now you binge your whole series in a night. Mm. And then you've got to wait for the next season. And, you know, um, and there is an immediacy. There is a, there is a, a change in the way that people are consuming entertainment. And I wondered, is this a reflection of that shift into reading? Because is it that younger readers now who are reading, who perhaps started their social media consumption on TikTok as opposed to other older platforms, or even, heaven forbid, like some of us remember before social media, um, you know, 
they they require this incredibly fast pace of narrative. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, ultimately, what measures success as an author? Well, surely book sales. Yeah. Um, you know, you might write what you consider to be an absolutely uh, amazing book, but if nobody else wants to read it, you're kind of, you know got a small audience that you're appealing to um and i would just then remind us of the Katu saved books yes oh no entirely entirely and I, I i know exactly where you're coming from and and i know i know what you mean and i i don't i don't wish for all of literature to move in the direction of it starts with us and it ends with us no because i like what i like um, however, there needs to be enough of us reading the stuff that we like for people to still keep writing it. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. And um, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we're endangered. However, no. I do wonder if this is why. And you know, I mean, why? Let's look at why we chose Colleen Hoover. Why did we choose Colleen Hoover for tonight? Well, this week is Valentine's week. Mm. So we said let's 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 pick a romance and Colleen Hoover was a name that had kept appearing out of the ether in front of both of us. And I spoke to Abby, one of our um part of the larger Shelf Indulgence Hive Mind, and she said, Oh yeah, the name keeps coming up for me as well. So clearly there's the marketing force behind Colleen Hoover. There's there's a drive and a push behind her that's making her name appear for readers like us. But I think definitely for me, and I don't think I'd be a long way from the truth in saying I speak for us both, that push of marketing is about as far as it's going to go for me. Whereas uh, our own lovely Kim Nash, local author, Hi, Kim, if you're listening. Um, Kim, when she brought her romance book to us that we reviewed on the show, completely not Michael Petit, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. But there was more depth of character. There was more understanding, more meat, more gravy on the bones. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that. Whereas here, we've got this very um, staccato, um, fast-paced movement of events now i did also uh, look up because uh, i thought well we need we need an alternative alternative opinion um and i picked up uh from a google search um from feminist daily news uh, online uh, an article written by jenny young in 2022 uh, yeah. reviewing it ends with us now, It Ends With Us was the sixth best-selling book of 2021. The U- USA Today called it the kind of book that gets handed down. And um, the quote on the book, on the cover, claims every person with a heartbeat should read this book. Now, the story does contain graphic descriptions of rape and sexual assault. Um, it's a, the opinion of Jenny Young, this uh, journalist for Feminist Daily News um, Mm. 
which is, uh, I believe the magazine is called Ms. MS. Yeah, yeah. Um, she she is appalled by the praise given to uh, Colleen Hoover yeah. because, and ultimately, I mean, what you've missed in not getting to the end of your book is at the end of the novel, uh, which is a year later, a year after Lily has split from Ryo and escaped this horrific scene, her Colleen presents what's intended to be a redemption scene, where Lily and Ryle, who are now amicably divorced and co-parenting their daughter, um, meet, and in a scene, Ryle, who was the violent sex offender, um, and therefore arguably still is, if that's his predilection, um, is picking up the baby for his days with her. And, you know, you're you're giving... Yeah, I know. I can. I know exactly where that that commentator is coming from. I, yeah, I just, and, and you can't in in the in the sort of with this age group, and that that's the thing I keep coming back to, with the age group that this is targeted at. You have to be incredibly careful about what you normalise. And my theories that with the bit that I read, you know, I was just over halfway through the book. She normalised things that we should be fighting against. We should be rallying against, you know, any violence towards women or men is just unacceptable. And unless people stand up and out it, it will continue to happen. But the worst of it is the more it's normalised and it is in domestic violence, situations because the very nature of it normalizes it it makes it acceptable and it shouldn't be so for people to rave about a book in that way when it it does i won't say it glorifies um i won't say it glorifies domestic violence because it doesn't but it does normalize it and 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 that because this is aimed at such a, a vulnerable young group that worries me well, this journalist, Jenny Young, I'm going, to, I'm going to read from her article now. Like too many books and movies, It Ends With Us feeds into the very structures of toxic masculinity that it purports to combat. It romanticises red flags and glorifies a charismatic but dangerous man. He's complicated, he's damaged, and it ultimately delivers a decidedly anti-feminist message. Lily's decision to co-parent with Riley is not redemptive. It's a blatant shirking of the barest parental responsibility, the responsibility to protect her daughter. Colleen Hoover has no moral or ethical obligation to write moral models, and we don't need to agree with the actions of a fictional heroine. But the scope of Hoover's platform and the age of her readers renders her books fair game for an honest critique. And for reasons that I still don't understand, it ends with us, keeps getting a pass. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree with that more. In fact, that's embodied a lot of what I was feeling and, and, um, and, and it's, you know, it's described it far better than I have. But, yeah, those are exactly my concerns, which is I, I, why I, I decided I, not to finish the book. Yeah. I mean, I, what I've read doesn't have the depth of um, basically 
horror, which is how I would have felt in what you've read. Um, but equally, um, yeah, I, I don't think for me I could have, I, I, I definitely wouldn't have got as far as you. For me, issues like that I'd find very unpleasant, very, I, I couldn't have read it. I'd have no. been like, no. No. And it, it was, it, it is one of the reasons, Jim, why I decided to, to not read anymore. Um, because for me, you know, um, reading is something that, you, for me, it's either entertainment or education. Yeah. And I don't go in to be shocked or unnecessarily, gratuitously. Um, and, I, and I felt I couldn't see any point to the story and to the book. I just couldn't see any point to it. And there's one scene when, when she wakes up, um, she's been unconscious because he's knocked her down the stairs. Yeah. And she still welcomes him with open arms because she can't live without him. Now, I understand when women say, I absolutely get that. But in a lot of cases, those are grown women who've already been through relationships and and have got some street smart around them. Um, this is targeted at an audience where that isn't the case. And I just, it, it disturbed me, if I'm honest. Hey, yeah. Hope. there you yeah. go. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and you know, it, I, I feel like we ought to say if you are listening to the show and any of these issues have affected you, you know, please reach out for help. There are helplines out there. There are, um, you know, these are serious issues. Nobody deserves to suffer. Nobody deserves to be a victim. Uh, please reach out for help if you need to. And, and you know, Jim, I'll just add one more thing. That's another reason why I, I I have grown quite an intense dislike of this book, because knowing the audience that she's writing for, there isn't a single trigger warning about this book on any of the cover notes, you know, the back, the inside bit where you, you normally get the, there is no trigger warning for what will come. And this is a young audience. And for me, that is grossly irresponsible. Yeah. So that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that is our our opinion and our our judgment on it starts with us. I will say, um this book for me is a very first in terms of shelf indulgence. And that is that I'm gonna be giving a score tonight that I've never given before. This Ooh, is a wow. zero. Yes, and Majin. And me, absolutely. I, I find no redeeming qualities in this book, and I would recommend it to nobody. No, no, I wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't. Um. So there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means we just face us with a slight problem, Jim, because we're supposed to read part two next week. <laughs> we are. Um, so we'll have to come up with something else. Well, I'm sure we will. And and re, uh, listeners, we will be here next week to discuss something completely different. Uh, but we'll, I mean, we'll be in the world of books, so uh, tune in next week to find out because that's uh, that'll be exciting. In the meantime, um, we've got a final segment, don't we, Wendy? We do. Things so, that have attracted us and caught our eye. Yeah, what's caught our eye? 
you know, I've been this week, Wendy, I've been so good. I've been so good. I've not been near a Waterstones. And up until yesterday, I hadn't even been on the Waterstones app. So what happened yesterday then, Jim? Well, (laughs) I was, I was listening to a podcast. Right. Uh, a podcast recommended to me by uh, part of the Chef Indulgence Hive Mind, Emily. Um, a BBC podcast called uh, Dead to Me. Mm. Uh, and, and it's a, it's a podcast by um, a presenter of Horrible Histories, a writer of Horrible Histories. And uh, it's more adult focus rather than child focus, but it's, yeah. you know... Looking at those bits of history that you perhaps didn't didn't get at school, and there was an episode on Blackbeard. Now I have a penchant for old books, Wendy. Right. I have a collection of old books. I've got some very old books in my collection. Uh, I think my oldest is well, I say very old. I think the oldest is early eighteen hundreds, um, which is quite old. Not 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 it's quite ancient, old, yeah. Ancient. But for an amateur collector who doesn't, you know, need to keep everything under dehumidifiers and stuff, it, it, it's, it, I'm, I'm proud of it. But anyway, this episode of Blackbeard, uh, they were talking about the fact that there is a book still in print at Waterstones <laughs> called The General History of Pirates. Uh, and Let the me guess hi- what happened. Well, I'm sure it doesn't take an awful lot of guessing. Um, now, the general history of pirates by Captain Charles Johnson mm-hmm. um, has been in print since 1700 or something. Wow. And I was like, well, you, you know, if it's been in print for that long, I really ought to maybe give it a little bit of a glance. It's generally a history written by a seafaring captain of the golden age of piracy, mm. which I, I love that phrase, the golden age of piracy. Piracy, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it was all moral upstanding and what have you, wasn't it? Um, like, like there was a best bit, you know, all those pirates, there was the, there was a best bit. Um, mm. And, yeah, so... I've I've added that to my Waterstones basket. And then I was on the app and then other things caught my eye. Uh, and one one actually, it's a book that has come across my horizon a few times now. And I saw it again on the app today uh, when I was looking. And I was like, ooh, Otherlands. Have you heard of Otherlands, Wendy? Yes, yes. So it's a non-fiction uh, but it's told in a narrative style, yeah. And it's um, it's the story of the past five thousand years through uh, paleobiology, paleobotany. So that you know, you know me and my science, and you know, certainly do. Yeah. So, so that was that, two that, books that ended up in your trolley, and I'm sure that. Well, yeah, and then. <laughs> Then it said, you might also like, and it reminded me that Ellie Griffiths has got that new book coming out. Mm. I thought, well, Grand needs that anyway. So I put that in on (laughs) pre-order. And then I remembered listening to an interview on 
Saturday on Radio 2. Um, Dermot O'Leary, I'm sure it was Dermot O'Leary, was interviewing an actor who was... I, I only caught part of the interview, and he, he's he been in a TV series that's on only on Apple TV or something. Uh, and it's all like, oh, everyone loves it, and they're raving about it. And it's uh, the theme tunes by Mick Jagger and this, that, and the other. But then I caught, I caught that it was about spies. Mm. And it was basically, uh, it's really hard to retire a spy, to make yeah. them redundant. Um, because by their very nature, they just kind of carry on doing what they're doing anyway. Um, so there's this rather than rather, the, the concept is that when you've got an MI5 agent that you want to get rid of, you can't just sack them because they'll ignore you and carry on doing the job anyway. So you give them the worst possible posting. <laughs> so are you talking about slow horses? I am. <laughs> oh, Mick Heron. I love yeah. Mick Heron. He's, he's, he's books. There are a whole series of them, but the yeah. TV series, Jim, is absolutely superb. It's got Gary no, Oldman in it. Yeah. I've not seen the TV series. I've heard the great things from part of this interview. Yeah. But I, I heard Slow Horses by Mick Heron mentioned on the radio interview and I was like, <laughs> and then that ended the basket as well. Um, so yeah, there's now. Won't be disappointed by that. That's great. It's a really good read. So they, they might be winging their way very shortly to me. In fact, lovely. Shortly after recording this episode, I imagine I might be, uh, clicking the, uh, buy now button. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Wendy? What's, what's caught your eye? So actually, I had a book caught my ear. Uh, this Ooh. week because um, I was chatting with someone and um, they were raving about a book that they read in their youth which they had rediscovered um, and uh, a, a very famous book which I realised I had never read and it is Jonathan Livington's Livingston Siegel which I've heard about and never read so that a copy of that found its way into my basket, um, uh, which was delivered yesterday. Um, and then a book found its way into my hands because my lovely other half, Andrew, um, realized that it was Valentine's Day coming up and bought me an early Valentine's present. Um, oh, and he bought, I know, I know, such a smoothie. He bought me Marple. The twelve new short stories by different authors. Yeah, we've got that downstairs. So I am so chuffed with that. Um, So I started to read that this evening as some light relief, as a as a reward for what I had to go through this week for reading Colleen. So those are the things that have attracted my caught my eye. Have you heard of Jonathan Livingston Siegel? No, and I'm now dangerously close to putting it in my basket. <laughs> <laughs> stepping away um, from the app. Stepping away from the app. I've got a feeling that the I and this might be my mind playing tricks, but I think I first came across it when it was it featured in a sketch by the goons. Oh right. 
Um, and I think it was Spike Milligan that was talking about it. And he may have borrowed some bits or even the name for one of his sketches. Um, so it, it, it's been there out there, but I've never read it. So I shall, um, I'll definitely let you know what I think about it. Oh, please do. Please do. Well, I suppose that kind of wraps things up for this week, doesn't it? It does. That seemed like a packed show tonight. Well, I, I've, I, I, it's, I don't think we've ever ended a show where we've both... Yeah, this is our first zero-scoring book ever, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. We've never had a zero-scoring before. So, um, interesting times. But, of course, those are just our opinions, Jim. And oh, people yes. are perfectly free to go out and explore that book for themselves and see what they think. Um, and and as you say, if people have got a counter-argument about why it's a fabulous book and why people should read it and why we were wrong, I'd love to hear that. I'd Absolutely. Please, please, please get in touch. And you've not got to... You haven't got to come on the show. Just tell us and we'll talk about your opinion. Um, or... Or if you want to come on the show, come on as a one-off, or maybe come on just every now and then to to review a book that is different to our usual cup of tea. We'd love to. Yeah, hear from we're you. definitely looking for other nerds to come and join us, aren't we? Please, book nerds, make yourselves known. Brilliant, thanks, Jim. So, until next week. Until next week, happy reading, everybody. Good reading. La 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 ba ba da da ya da ya da da This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores or just say Alexa play Microbrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks.